before I get started, and I'm going to give your Bibles to you. I appreciate this church doing this. Uh, you all were doing this before I came here. I stepped into this. I'm thankful for it. I appreciate it. And through the years, I've been blessed and privileged to preach to a few graduates. And through that time, I look back at the ones that I've preached to, and I'll be honest with you, I don't think some of them took what I preached to them serious because their life has t- is telling me that. Uh, the choices they have made since they graduated is telling me that. And the day is going to come, eventually, they're going to look back one day and they're going to say, I wish I would listen to that a hick, hillbilly, slain talking preacher. But it's too late. The mistakes have been made, the decisions have been made, and the heartaches are there to show it. They may not have him yet, they may not be there yet, but they're coming. I wished that I could take all high school seniors and spend a week, two hours every evening, and say, let me tell you what, what you're going to, what's coming at you. Let me tell you what life is going to do to you. You think you've been stabbed in the back in the 12 years you've been in school, you haven't seen anything. You've seen nothing. When you lay beside you and somebody else, you're going to find out real quick what stabbing in the back and cutting your throat's all about. And this evening, I want to preach to you from Matthew chapter 7. So in saying that, we asked them what Bible they wanted. Both of them picked very large Bibles. Uh, nothing wrong with that. And I was nervous in writing in both of them, so I messed up both times. I even spelt my name wrong in your Bible. But if you'll come here, women go first, always. Don't you ever forget that. I can't whip you, but me and three other men can. There's your Bible, sweetie. I've watched Emma grow up here in this church. Thank you. You're welcome, You're welcome, man. Thank you. All right, turn around let them get your picture real quick. All right, this is a message that all of us can and hopefully will learn from. Um, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. I mean, I'm sorry, 24. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. I'll give you a couple minutes because you just took them out of the box. I thought I'd give you that pleasure of doing that. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. While you're turning there, let me go in and say a couple things. I'm going to mention this a couple times. Uh, when we put the OPUs online, you request for certain things, and some people put uh, the emoji with the teardrop. Let me say this. Uh, yesterday, when I looked and saw those old pews outside, a part of my heart was a little bit broken. I'll be honest with you. A part of me hurt, no doubt, some of you. The only re- two reasons you could say that I was even remotely for this is one, uh, I'll give an example. This morning, Jennifer said she sure appreciated it. She said, because I had to say it on that wooden divider. If it wasn't for that wooden divider in the middle of those pews, two pews, I'm just, I'm just being honest, because a lot of times we have a handful of people and, and it's, it's not very comfortable to sit on that thing. The, most, the second reason is uh, some people complain about spending money on the church and stuff. Do you know what the most elaborate building that's ever been constructed in the history of the world was? The temple, the house of God. It was more valuable 
than any structure that's ever been assembled. If God thought enough of his house to decorate it, so should we. So anyway, um, but, it, but I, I do miss and I did like the nostalgia and the, the history of those pews. And we saved all the plaques. We've got them all. We're going to honor those and appreciate that. Everybody there, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, tell you what, let's all stand seating on the reading of God's word. Let's, let's, let's do something a little bit different. Stretch our legs for just a minute. I used to do this all the time as a habit for different reasons I don't, but verse 24, therefore, and anytime you see the word therefore in the Bible, we need to find out what it's there for. Whosoever hears these things, these things of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not. For it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. In other words, it didn't just break a board or two. It was... Verse 28, And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. And he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Father, we thank you again for this time together and for this day that you've given us for this opportunity to babble for you and to call upon you and to meet here together with you. And God, I pray for these two graduates. God, I pray for these two uh, young adults. God, as they start a new chapter in their life, that you touch them, you guide them, you protect them. Holy Spirit, I pray for each heart that's here this evening. For anyone that's here present or maybe watching or here some other uh, means, but God, I ask that you touch hearts as you see fit. And Holy Spirit, this is your message. If anything's going to be said, you're going to say it. And I need you, God, I need you. In Jesus, your name we pray, amen. Thank you, you may be seated. Now most of you probably know, for some that may not, uh, this is the end of what is called the Sermon on the Mount. This is the first real time Jesus does any real teaching or preaching. He's just getting his ministry started here. Uh, he's just getting it kicked off. And he spends quite a bit of time telling people how that they need to live their Christian life. Uh, the, the Sermon on the Mount is probably one of the most in, in, misinterpreted scriptures in the Bible at times, certain passages of it. But he's kind of taken uh, two chapters here, what we have in our Bible, a, a long sermon, and he's kind of bringing it to an end. You know how a lot of people write the book or they write this or write that and they get down to the end and they finish it with one paragraph or a few sentences and say, let me conclude this. A conclusion. That's what he just did with a whole lot of information. In other words, he's saying, if you'll listen to what I told you, if you'll do, not just listen, but do and practice what I told you, your life will be as though you built it upon a rock. If you don't, your life is going to go you build up on the sand. Now, I've had the privilege and the blessing to be, uh, go to the ocean, to see the ocean a few times, to be at the beach. And I've noticed that those condos, those houses that are built, uh, they're usually, there's a big sandy beach. But you, you come back and they dug down. You can tell the foundation of every one of them are not on that sand. They've got to get some serious foundation because there's a hurricane coming somewhere in time. You can count on them. I know they got to withstand some storms and some waves and some hard times. 
Now let me go ahead and, and let you really cheer you up. Life ain't easy and it ain't fair. That's encouraging, isn't it? And I'm going to title this, I want you to remember this, Sandstones. There's going to be some sandstones in your lives. Some of them are going to look like they're good and real rocks to build upon. But you're going to find out they're sandstones. You can take enough water and a hammer and you can bust a sandstone. You can't bust a rock like that. So Jesus told him here, he says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, notice his next words and doeth them. I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. So number one, you need to live a life based on wisdom. Do you know where wisdom comes from? It comes from God. Let me give you, there's all kinds of definitions of wisdom. No, uh, old man Noah Webster has a few of his own. Different people has, has had some, uh, different places. But I want to give you one of the best, what I consider definitions of wisdom that I've ever heard. Wisdom is taking a current knowledge and, and doing a certain practice for an expected outcome of the future. It's taking current knowledge, making a current decision, doing that decision, and then looking for an expected outcome of the future. Put that in Satan's hands. That's what he wants to do. He wants to destroy you and everything about you. Let me go and tell you, if you even remotely claim to be a child of God, he hates you even more. He already hates you. But he hates you even more. And nothing, nothing or no one in the universe has hatred like Satan. The wisdom we have, all knowledge we have, I don't care what you just learned in 12 years of school, I know you were taught evolution. A lot of times when I preach this, I sit right here and Emma has witnessed this and I'm sorry this is your first time. But... What you have learned has been wrong. It has been lies. It has been false. You have heard me time and time again, both of you in this church, preach against evolution. I will fight it to the day I die. It is nonsense. It is lies. And it is destroying this country at its core. You have been taught there's no absolutes. If you go into law school, you're going to be an electrical engineer as of now. So if you don't go to law school, you will especially be taught there's no absolutes in law school. Do you know that they teach that to the extreme that what people want is what they should get? Well, let me go ahead and tell you, no matter how many times a lie is told, it does not make it the truth. We also had someone, a politician, in fact, John F. Kennedy said, if you tell someone a lie enough, eventually they'll believe it. Do you know that the book of Proverbs is a book of the Bible that even lost people will tell you to get wisdom from? They will recommend you read Proverbs. Let me tell both of you now, whether you stay together, whether you hate each other, or whatever life takes you through, if you both will take the time, read the book of Proverbs, learn it. You're obviously very intelligent, way smarter than I'll be on your dumbest day, on my smartest day. You will learn something from that. It will guide you in life. It will teach you to be a man. It will teach you to be a lady, not a woman. It will teach you to be a husband, a father. It will teach you to be a son. It will teach you to be a wife, a mother, the kind you need to be, the kind that God is proud of. And He won't look back on after 30 years and say, Oh God, had I done it? Had I done that? I've sat here and I've preached my heart out to graduates before. And I've cried tears over them. Because they're not in church now. Kids that we watch grow up in this church and we've handed them a Bible and they're not here. It didn't take long for the world to get them. This world hates you. 
Number one, you're going to live a life of wisdom or foolishness. One of the two. And guess whose decision that is? It's yours. It's your decision. God has given you every instruction that you need right here in this Bible. You don't need any more instructions. Well, I realize if you're going to learn things in life, there's things you can learn from. If you get a job, especially electrical engineering, you better get some education. You're going to burn yourself up and electrocute yourself and a bunch of other people. Burn buildings down. Get sued and all that stuff. But in our lives, everything that I have found written in this Bible has been so true. Let me read on. Verse 25 says, In the rain, Emma asked me not to spit on so I'm doing my best. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. Let me go and tell both of you right now, the only sure rock you got in life is Jesus Christ. My parents, as far as I'm concerned, I got the best parents in the world, but they're not Jesus. As far as you are concerned, you should honor your parents and say, I got the best parents in the world, even if you don't think they are. Don't tell them that. Tell them that they are. You don't, they don't need to know that. But you need to learn to realize the only sure thing you've got is Jesus. No matter how much your parents want to help you, no matter how much your friends, grandparents, no matter how much we want to help you, we cannot do for you what Jesus can. He is the rock you must build your life on. If you build on anything else, you will be disappointed be disappointed verse 26 and everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened to a foolish man who built his house upon the sand number two you got to live a life based on fact I only got three points and they'll make sense a life based on wisdom a life based on fact I went and read verse 26 but we're going to back up to verse 25 There's a, a preacher that I like to listen to by the name of Calvin Ray Evans. I believe he's a man of God. I enjoy listening to him. In fact, I recommend some of you listen to him. He said he had a kid grew up in his church, a young man. He went off to college, and his college professor started getting in his head about evolution and started telling him that there's nothing to this church stuff. He said, he said, well, God looked at him. He looked at this young man and said, well, God said in the day they'll live, he said that they eat the fruit, they'll die that day. He said, well, how many years did they live after that? And he said, 900 some I guess he said he got to thinking he said he called Calvin Ray he was pastor he said pastor he said what about that he said one day is with the Lord <laughs> glory to God he said one day with the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years as one day they died that day one day in God's timeline they were dead if you're going to live for Jesus you're going to have to die to yourself there's going to be times you're going to have to die to things that you want. There's going to be times you're going to have to die to things of this world. But all oh, the rewards are so worth it. The world, especially the education system and our media, will teach you, and you've been taught, whether you realize it or not, you have, to question facts and authority. Am I right? I don't mean to be sarcastic, but I pretty much knew the answer to that question before I asked it. You've also been taught to question everything that you've learned, especially this right here. If you're going to live a life based on fact, the best thing you can do right now is go and settle it in your heart 
that everything in this Bible is fact, infallible, and absolutely unchangeable. Unrewritable. This is fact. There is not a person on this earth that can deny that knows anything about history outside of the Bible that Jesus Christ, a man named Jesus, lived and died on a cross, was crucified. No one denies that. No one denies some of the facts that we can find from our archaeological digs that prove how accurate and true the Bible is. And let me tell you, the more this Bible you read, the more you learn, the more you will do. Remember, Jesus said, who heareth these words of mine and doeth them. The Bible says be a, not a hearer of the word, not just a hearer of the word, but it be a doer of the word. If you're not doing the word of God, it's not doing you any good. You might as well be reading the Reader's Digest if you don't practice anything this Bible says. Let me make sure I'm halfway dressed here. As my belly expands, my shirts come up better. I used to laugh at Jockey. He'd be preaching that to keep you to pull his pants up. I don't laugh at him anymore. Everything in this Bible, God gave us for a reason. Let me, there is a book been circulated. It's a movement. It's a religious movement. The book of um, Enoch. If somebody hands you one of them, it makes good paper to start fires because that's all it's worth. Everybody and their brother has got something new, some kind of new idea, some kind of new latest and greatest thing. Well, we've learned this, and we've learned that, and all these things. Well, let me go and tell you real quickly. I'm giving you, I'm wanting to, I got a week's message. I'm trying to put in one 25-minute uh, block here. Um, everything God wanted us to know is right here. This is called the canon of the scriptures. It was completely, 2,000 years ago, God saw to it, it was put together, the books in order the way they are. Do you realize that this was written over 1,500 years by over 40 authors and it fits together like a glove? You tell me that God can, hey, only God can do that. Man can't do that. If I said, let's go to Kmart, well, what used to be Kmart in St. Albans, we would go three different ways. I'll guarantee it. Some would start out here and go to Farrell Road, some would go Coal River, some would go Dry Ridge. We can't even get along on how to get to Kmart, much less put a book together. It's based on fact. I don't have time to go through all the things. You've heard me say this. I want to drill this into your heads. You've heard me say it many times that everything God made on this earth is, revolves around Him. It is in a circle. It's in a circulatory system. Absolutely every living thing, even if it doesn't have a brain, it still has a circulatory system. Everything is based on that. The planets go around. The sun moves around. The earth not only goes around the sun, it circles in itself. And then the waves come in. They go out. My blood goes around my heart in a circle. Plants have a circulatory system. Every single thing on earth is based on the circle of God. Everything. This book is fact. The more of it you get in your head, the more of it will start entering your hearts. And that's when it makes the difference. That's when you start living by it. Number three, you're going to live a life based on wisdom. You're going to live a life based on fact. You're going to need to. You're going to live a life based on fiction. You're going to make one of the two decisions. Sometimes we've got to make them every day. 
what you have been taught and you and I, our current system, especially the education system, and as you go into college, it gets worse. It is getting ready to multiply tenfold. Everything that I have preached you this evening, the, your teachers will tell you some of them, and they can do this legally, stand up in front of a class and say, I'm a old, overgrown hick, holler, some holler doesn't know anything, I've not been educated and taught, they will, they will absolutely annihilate this Bible, but if I get up in front of a class and defend it, I will go to prison. In this country. I don't mean somewhere else. Here. At first, I'll lose my job. But a professor can get up in front of a class and absolutely destroy this Bible, but you let him say one thing about a Koran and see how long they last. You know why? Because the Koran does not bother people. It does not convict them of their sins. This does. This changes lives. I've not seen any teaching, anything, anywhere, any way, anyhow, any kind that changes lives like the Word of God does. We heard a man stand here this morning, stand up in Sunday school class, testify how he was on drugs, how he was going to get drugs, and God spoke to his heart and he got out of the car, got born again. He said, instantly, I got delivered from drugs. I'm spitting over here, not over there. So that way, not everybody gets that deliverance instantly, but some do. But thank God, I know my heart changed. My heart changed. Let me go on. Verse 26. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened to a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended and the floods came. The winds blew and beat upon that house. And it fell and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these things, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. The scribes is who copied the Bible and kept it handed down through the centuries. Alright. If you're going to live a life based on fiction, here's what's going to happen. People in your life, in your own judgment, is going to lead you to doubt this. They're going to teach you to follow your heart. That's the worst advice you're ever going to receive, by the way. Don't you follow your heart. You know what the Bible says about our hearts? Deceitfully wicked above all. Who can trust in it? No one. Especially yourself. A life based on fiction according to this world will erode your better judgment. They will, they will eventually start tearing away. They will tear away the education, learning. I'm not against education. I don't want to sound that way. They, they, it, it, just like a creek. Has anybody seen how a creek over the years will change into a field? There will be a field one day and you notice that you go by after a flood and it's dug into a bank that used to be there. Now it's gone and it just keeps digging and keeps digging and keeps digging. That is what life will do when it comes to the Word of God if you do not live in that right there. It will erode away at you. It will eat at your better judgment. It will eat at what you know is true. It will erode what you know is fact. And it will start making you think about the Bible being fiction. And the next thing you know, you're going to build your house upon sand. A.K.A. your life. It will tear away what you know. It will convince you the Bible is wrong. And your fellow man is right. Let me give you a couple more things and I'll, I'll be done and I'll quit picking on you for a little bit. I'm actually trying to help you right now. There's so much I want to tell you but I can't cram it in this amount of time. <laughs> I've watched people that I grew up with our lives going in two directions. 
And I've seen their end result, or current result, and I've seen mine. I've made a lot of decisions that I wish I never made. I sat right there and shared something with you before service. The night I graduated from high school, I went somewhere I shouldn't have went. I was doing things I shouldn't have been doing, and my heart was broken. I've got a scar in my heart that will never heal. It'll hurt me to the day I die because I was living a life of fiction, not a fact. You see, I bought in to the world's idea of what life should be, of what fun should be, of how fitting in should be, worrying about what people thought about me too much, thinking that I was, that my parents were just old fuddy-duddies that didn't know anything and the preacher was dumber than they were. Well, I found out the preacher was a whole lot smarter than I was. My parents knew way more than I thought they did. You know, I was, I'm amazed at my grandparents, both sides. My grandfather died when I was eight years old, so I just remember him, that's all. And that humored me just a minute. I realize I'm rabbit trailing here, kind of. And my grandparents would tell me things, and I thought, they are so out of touch with reality, they can't even turn a computer on. And they're trying to tell me, man, I had it all together. I knew when they didn't. You know what? They may not know how to turn a computer on, but they knew what life was about. They knew what worked in life and what didn't. My grandmothers knew that if you better be a praying person, because if you're not, when, when you're going to need prayer, it may not be there like you want it to be. This world will tell you you don't need God. They will tell you, Christians will tell you you don't need to be that serious about God, much less the world. Christians, good-meaning Christians will say, well, don't get carried away with this thing. What else could you get carried away about that's any better than Jesus? The Bible is going to tell you the kind of man you need to be, the kind of husband, the employee, the father, the son, the brother, the friend, it's going to instruct you in all that. I don't have time to sit here and instruct you in all these things. Well, I'm trying to, I hope I'm saying something to you guys. I hope I'm not just rambling on here. I'm, I'm afraid I'm not saying anything. But the world and your own nature will pull you away from that Bible and tell you you don't need it. This world will ridicule you for being a modest, well-dressed lady. They already have, more than likely. And it's just getting started. Isn't that encouraging? But you're going to live a life based on this right here. Let me say it like this. I've said this recently. Just because two Christians live in a home does not make it a Christian home. Just because two saved people live behind that door as far as we know they're saved, does not make it a Christian home. A Christian home is a home based on this. This will tell you how to handle your money. This will tell you how to handle your friends. This will tell you how to handle problems. This will tell you how to handle lawsuits. Did you know that? It's there. It's there. It will tell you to people that run away from. It will tell you to people that draw near to you. It will tell you everything you need to know. I'm almost finished. 
When Drew was born, you all have heard me give this illustration many times. You all may not have, so I want to make sure you've heard it. I can use all of them on you. You ain't been here that long. He was our firstborn. Lord Drew was born, breathed there for the first time. They handed him to me. And the flood of emotions is beyond description. I think he gripped as much as else. I was afraid. I thought, oh, I gotta raise this thing. This is real. When I held him for the first time, I mean, I was already in my thirties. I'd been saved for a while, so I had grown up, so to speak. But I still cannot bear or grasp the importance and the gravity of the situation of having a human life to be responsible for. I bought bookshelves. We've bought way too many toys and numerous things, some for myself, some for them, some for my wife, and some for others. And almost everything I buy comes with a set of instructions when I buy it. Some of them are I wonder why they even wasted the paper on some of them. And when little Drew was handed to me, they gave us a cheap car seat, a little toboggan, some gloves, a pacifier we didn't use, maybe a couple bottles and I don't know, one or two other little gifts. Don't worry, we paid for it, really. They didn't give it to us. It sent us on our way. And I wanted to look at them and say, where's my instruction man? I get instructions with everything. A car's got an instruction manual that thick. You know a car made back in 1940 taught you how to uh, take it apart and fix it. The car's made today with instruction manuals tells you not to drink the battery acid. We've come a long ways, ain't we? Boy, we're really advanced, haven't we? That's fact, by the way. <laughs> Nowhere did anybody tell me, here's your instruction manual for how to I had my instruction manual with me all the time. Guys, up to this point, from what I know about both of you, I've, I've watched you grow up. Forgive me if I'm a little more affectionate towards Emma than some of them here because I watched her grow up. You heard her. I can't whip you because I'm old and down. Me and three other men will. If you don't follow, you will pay a price you don't want to pay. Young man, I've only known you for a few months. From what I can tell, you're an outstanding young man. If you wouldn't, I'd have killed you. <laughs> Run you off. If you don't learn what that Bible says and live by it, you will fail as a man. I wrote you a note both of you in front of that Bible. Yours is a little different than hers. God puts responsibility on us. He doesn't put on them. He told us to be leaders by example. I wished I could get some of the men of this church what I'd like to do. I'm not going to do you this way, but my pastor has is grab them by the shirt and absolutely shake the guts out of them 
and say, why don't you grow up and be a man of God? Quit acting like a teenager out here and get in church, get your family in church and lead them in the way to God. People are going to laugh at you for being a Christian. They will laugh at you for keeping yourself pure. My pastor's daughter was in high school and they were laughing at her because she was still pure, making fun of her. She looked at him. She said, I can be what you are any day, but you can never be what I am. I'm telling you, you won't go wrong doing things God's way. I'm, I'm, I wanna, I'm trying to quit. I want to quit. There's so much I wished I could tell you. I'm finished with this, I promise. Both of you up to this point, that's what I was going to say a minute ago, have made good decisions. One of the worst mistakes of my life, one of my biggest regrets is I didn't apply myself in school. You graduated top of your class, my mom was praying that I just graduated. And I did, but not by much. I could have graduated top of my class. Not tip top, but I could have been at the top part. But I lost it because I didn't use it. I didn't use my brain. I was going to have it. It's just part of them getting old and senile. But I didn't use it. I was busy doing other things. I was busy being cool. Fitting in. Enjoying the world because my parents and everybody else I knew around me that was older than me just didn't know. They were out, they were out of touch. They just didn't get it. Oh, they got it all right. Oh, yeah, they got it all right. They looked at me and stood back and probably shook their heads, think, poor thing. He forgets I was that age once. You've made good decisions so far. The decisions you make over the next two or three years are going to dictate the rest of your life. You take that to the bank. You, you, you mark that down. You put it down on the wall one day somewhere where you can read it. You say this old hillbilly, slain, poor English preacher told me on May the 21st, 2023, the next two or three years of my life is going to set the stage for the rest of it. And you better believe that. The decisions you make better be based on this right here. You're going to, make, you're going to live a life of wisdom. You're going to live a life of fact. You're going to live a life of fiction. The reason I say it's fiction because what the world out there offers is make-believe. It's not real. It's not true. It's a facade. It's a mirage. And you're never going to reach it. The greatest, I think the greatest catastrophe that's ever been known in the history of the world is for people to live a life that they thought was full and they get to the end of their life and realize they missed it all. They missed it all. I pray that you guys make decisions based on that Bible. Do not let people influence you. Do not let people take you away from that. 
you read that Bible, you learn what it says, you learn what it teaches you about being a, a man, learn what it says about being a lady, and that's what you be. This transgenderism and all this junk is designed to take away what a man is and what a lady is. It's designed to destroy the sexes. You are a man, you were born a man, you grew up and be a man. You were born a lady, you grew up and be a lady and be nothing else. Be a man for God and a lady for God. Don't try to worry about what someone thinks or says. Don't worry about if you match into this status quo or not. Do you match into this? This will take you through eternity. So here's what I want to do. We do this just a little bit different. Shut her down.